is so good to see you. Y'all definitely picked the right hour to come with no rain, right? So we're really, really glad that you got out to come this morning. My name is Mike, and I am honored that you took time to be here today. I'm praying that today is a day that you circle on your calendar to remember when. That it's a day that you look back on in your spiritual journey and in your spiritual life and you circle this date and go, I remember the day that I, and that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about how do I pray when, and over these past few weeks we've talked about how do I pray when, uh, all the different topics we've hit, but today is the one that I think is probably the most universal of all of them. So I want to go ahead and let you get ahead a little bit. Take your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 6, if you would. Matthew 6, if you're new to the Bible, it is right over in the New Testament, first book of the New Testament. You go through the Old Testament and then you hit Matthew. If you're like, I'm looking at maps, hang a left. All right, go back a few pages, you'll run into Matthew 6, is where we're going to be. You were given a sermon note sheet. On the way in, you can write on it. The easiest way to follow along, as Google said, is the uh, app. And you go to North Star Church, Georgia, in any app store, and download the app. And literally everything I'm going to talk about this morning is in there. If I miss something, it'll provide you the answer. So it's great. It is a great, great tool. So let me, let me start today by telling you this. How many of y'all have ever, in your driving history had a uh, accident in your car. Raise your hand, okay? I think all of us have at some point. Some of them we've caused, some of them caused by others. So I am, so if you know me, I'm pretty finicky about my cars. I like my things to be neat. If it rains, I will drive through on the way home and shine her up. If I know it's going to rain tonight, the best gift for me is always a car wash card. I love a keep a clean car. And so when a ding happens to my car, when something happens to it, I feel the pain of it. I really do. And so I remember years ago driving Casey to a summer baseball tournament. We were up in Canton, Georgia, going to Sequoia High School. And I remember turning on this little backcountry road and an old joker was driving on his snapper mower moving like, um, I think you could push mow faster. But anyways, so he's on his snapper. And I remember seeing this rock get thrown from the snapper and it went wham into my side door. I mean, drilled my door. And I just, with all the love of Jesus, went, thank you, Lord, for that ding in my door. All right, that's not what I said. But anyway, so uh, did the guy intentionally hurt my car, yes or no? No. He was oblivious. He just kept on riding. I remember looking in the rearview mirror and he was just putting along. And I've got a big old ding in my side door of the passenger door. I remember being in Decatur, Georgia, uh, after a class, a master's class, we we're driving down Memorial Drive in Decatur, Georgia, about 10 o'clock at night. Steve Roach was in the class with me, and I remember seeing a bottle be thrown from a gas station as I drove by in my pride and joy, a Nissan Quest four-door minivan, don't hate me, all right, with, it, with the doors that went back and forth, and this joker drilled my car with the bottle. 
And with all the love of the Lord, I wanted to pull over and just pray with him. I really did. And so I remember cell phones were pretty new back then. I remember Steve going, I ain't pulling over with you, man. Uh, You're on your own. Did the guy intentionally mean to hurt me? Yes or no? Yes. One unintentional, one intentional, both left damage. Right? Casey was growing up. We went over to pick up Ike, who was our founding pastor, go to a high school football game. Ike had a iron post mailbox. I'm in the Nissan Quest, I got the door fixed. It's time for some more damage, all right? And so I remember Ike gets in the car and I do what I typically do, I start talking, not paying attention, and I back right into that cast iron mailbox post. And it went wham! I mean, dented my entire back of the van. And Casey was a little guy at the time. He's like, Dad, I think you hit something. Uh, No duh, kid. (laughs) All right, I know I hit something. All three left damage. One intentional. One unintentional. All three left a wound. If we could see our hearts, all of us have had damage to our hearts. Some, somebody intentionally did to you. They hurt you. They gave forethought to it. They may or may not have been malicious, but the ding of your soul, your soul was caused by somebody. Some others unintentionally hurt you. They didn't even know that they had done anything. They're living their life, something happened, it may be a word that they said, it may be a look that they gave, it may be whatever, but they unintentionally hurt you. It doesn't matter if it's intentional or unintentional. What matters is the wound that's caused in our heart and what do we do with it? Jesus addressed it. Here's how big a deal it was. Jesus addressed it not in his last sermon, in his first sermon. The book of Matthew, chapter six. Look with me. Look at what Jesus said. He nails it. He said, I want you to pray like this. This is what we've been talking about all the weeks of this series. Our Father in heaven, may your name Be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as in heaven. Time out. If today's your first time, go back in the in the in the app. All of them are there. The website. Go back and catch up because all each week's been so unique. Give us today the food we need. That's what we talked about last week. Give us today our daily bread. Is how most of us have always heard that. But he didn't stop there. He's teaching them how to pray. And then he says this, and forgive us our what? What's he say next? Here's what he's saying. Jesus, don't hold my sin against me. Let me off the hook for my sin. Don't hold it against me. I don't want to have anything between me and you. So Jesus, forgive my sin. Don't let there be anything that causes you to want to create punishment in my life. 
Then he goes on and he says something really interesting. I love how Jesus says this. And forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin, what's the next word? Against us. Here's how big a deal this was. Jesus knew that while you lived here on this earth, you would experience hurt and pain at the hands of others. Sometimes at the hands of ourselves. It's not a question of if, it is a question of when. Is that a question of was I bad or good? It was a question that you breathed. You experience the pain of living in this world. And here's what happens to us. When we get hit with pain to our heart, we want to enact pain on somebody else. And we grab a rock and we wait for the moment to get even. If I could just even the score, if I could just make them feel the pain they've put me through. And the deeper the pain, the bigger this gets. And here's what we do. We carry it around. We carry it in worship services. We carry it in small groups. We carry it in family gatherings. We carry it on dates. We carry it in our dorm room. We carry it in dugouts. And we feel, everybody look at me, we feel like we have every right to keep this close. And here's the hard part. You drove by one of my vehicles, you saw the damage. The hard part of life is nobody can see it but the Lord. You hide it, man. You, you gloss over it. You protect it. You create this facade around your life. And here's the danger. We're going to talk about this all morning. If we are not right this way, this way is affected. So Mike, you're telling me that if somebody has abused me, hurt me, ditched me, forgotten me, damaged me, that God doesn't love me? No, 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 no. God loves you as much as he's ever gonna love you. But when I hold this, it damages my love for him. Does that make sense to everybody? It doesn't change how he feels about me. It changes how I experience him at R.T. Kendall, and we're gonna talk about him in a few minutes. He said, unless we're walking in a state of forgiveness towards others, we cannot be in an intimate relationship with God. This, this, this thing I've nursed, this thing I've harbored, this thing I've held on to, never hurts the other person, but it destroys me. The word's forgiveness. What do we do with this? How do I handle this? So let's talk about this real quick. You hear the word forgiveness and you have a million thoughts that come to your mind. Let me tell you what forgiveness is. A couple little things to jot in this morning. Ready? Forgiveness is not forgetting. 
there's only one who can forget, and that's the Lord. You and I do not have that ability. So something so simple and minor like my car getting hit by a rock, I still remember it. Why? Because I hadn't forgotten that. We drive to Sequoia High School all the time. I never go down that road anymore because I do not want to get hit again by that old joker who's still riding a snapper. It's moving slower now. That's 10 years ago. Forgiveness is not forgetting. See, some of us hear forgiveness and we're like, Mike, if I forgive them, it means that I'm just going to forget it. You'll never forget it. There's not a counselor in the world that would say you forget it. Forgiveness is not letting someone continue to hurt you. It's not being a doormat. It's not saying, well, just keep walking over me, keep punishing me, keep abusing me, keep hurting me. It's not, it's not forgiveness. So the word, the word in circles is called boundaries. Boundaries are good things. Sometimes we need boundaries in relationships, we need boundaries in friendships, we need boundaries in circles, right, that we're in. Forgiveness is not necessarily restoring the relationship. Forgiveness doesn't mean that tomorrow night you're having dinner with them and everything's normal. That's not what forgiveness is. Forgiveness is not that you have an eight by 10 glossy on your, of them on your desk and you're like, well, I'm having them over for Christmas dinner. That's not forgiveness. See, I think so many of us, we hear forgiveness and we're like, yeah, Mike, but you don't know my, I'm telling you, here's who you are this morning. You're like, you're telling me I got out on a Sunday morning, that's all this guy's gonna bring is something like this. Man, I'm out. Here, really, here's what it is. I, 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 man, I'm, this doesn't apply to me. No, it really does. See, forgiveness is something we gotta figure out. God, forgive me of my sins, let me off the hook, but I own the ownership of keeping somebody else on the hook. Forgiveness really is for my benefit. Did you write that down? Forgiveness is for me. Forgiveness is not setting the other person free, which it does. It sets them free from owning you. You've sat on it for years. They may or may not have ever thought about it. There was a guy who walked up to me. This is honest to goodness story. This happened two years ago. There was a group here and Back in the early days of North Star, everybody look at me, we had no money. I would get the mail. I didn't get the mail because I wanted to be a servant. I wanted to get the mail to see if I was gonna get paid that weekend, all right? And so I would go and I'd go to the mailbox, bring the mail, and it was God always provided. Well, there was a guy who wanted to be on staff with us, and he was dying to be on staff, and I remember meeting with him. And I'm like, listen, man, I love you. I'd love to have you, but we can't pay you. Like, we don't have the money. And I remember I said it just like that. I tried to say it nicely. He didn't understand. I'm like, I, we, we ain't got no money, man. That's, 
this almost 20-something years ago. He walked up to me two years ago. And he said, I just want you to know, man, I forgive you. And I went, for what? <laughs> that was my natural response. He said, you remember when you told me you couldn't bring me on staff? I've harbored bitterness against you for the last 20 years. Well, like, dude, I'm sorry, man. I, I really, I, I hadn't thought about it again. We didn't have any money. But for him, it was a wound to his soul. And that day he let that wound go. And I felt, ter- I felt terrible. I've seen him a lot. I had no idea every time I walked by him, he was seething in his mind. Sorry, Joker Lynch. Look at him walking by like he doesn't care. I really didn't. I didn't know. Forgiveness, ladies and gentlemen, is for our benefit. So let's talk about what forgiveness is. I want you to write down this definition. This is really good. It's going to pop up on the screen. Look at this. Forgiveness is letting go of the desire to punish the offender and pay them back. Forgiveness is letting go of the desire to punish the defender. I carry this rock not because I want a rock. It's just representative. It's because I want to let them know and when I get the opportunity, I'm going to create pain for them. Forgiveness is when I let go of that. And I put that in God's hands. It's a powerful thing. Because let me tell you about this. You have the right to be mad. And you have the right to want to get even. But it's not hurting them, it's hurting you. Look at the second part of forgiveness. This is really good. If I focus on the why I should forgive them, maybe I can figure out the how. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Would you pray with me? Right where you see this morning, would you just put your hands out in front of you? Just open palms, would you? Just between you and the Lord. It's a physical action to represent what we want to do this morning. Would you just tell him, Jesus, you can have anything in my hands today. My hurts, my wounds, my scars, my pain. God, will you show me how to forgive today? For wounds that have happened and wounds that are to come. God, speak to me. Would you pray that? Show me. God, we give you permission, your Holy Spirit, to walk in these rows and these places today in our lives. God, I pray today for some people to be set free. And that is my prayer, and I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. This message isn't one that um, I don't understand. Back a long time ago in the early 2000s, 
I walked and put on shoes I never intended to have to wear. This book, Total Forgiveness, we're going to talk about it here at the end today, was a transformational book in my journey. R.T. Kendall, the author, pastor, never tells you what he went through. So really what I went through is really irrelevant. What I can tell you is I get it. Because I had this, and buddy, I felt vindicated to carry it. You hear people talking, you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, but you don't know my. Today's not something I share with you as a, a pastor who read it in a book. I walked, I got some shoe leather on this one. Paul did too. If you got your Bibles, I want you to look in Ephesians chapter 6. So we followed Paul all throughout his journey through the book of Acts. I'm sorry, it's be Ephesians 4. All throughout his journey in the book of Acts, we watched him shipwreck, we watched him abandoned, we watched people not believe him, we watched believers of the day go, he's a liar, we watched people throw him in jail, we watched him spit on, beat, imprisoned, forgotten. He's the writer of this note, this letter, to the church at Ephesus. Would you stand with me today in honor of reading God's word? Listen, if anybody had a right to carry this around, oh, it was Paul. And he, he could have had a list of people that he was going to get even with. Listen to what he told the church. Ephesians 4, 26 and 27, 31 and 32. He said, and don't sin by letting anger, what's the next word? Control you. It's interesting in this, he's talking about righteous anger. He's talking about anger that's good anger. But he said, if you don't give the good anger over to the Lord, that anger that began as good is going to be, get bad. And it's going to be not you being controlled, not you controlling it, but it, it controlling you. The anger was justified. But holding on to it, was it? Look at what he goes on to say. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. You probably somewhere along the way, somebody said, don't go to bed mad. You don't go to bed mad at each other. That's where that comes from. But it's more than that. What he's saying with it is, when you get hurt, deal with it quick. Here's why. Look at what he says. For anger gives a foothold to the devil. Everybody look at me. Can I tell you what happened the minute I got hurt? The minute. The enemy began to whisper in my ear about, I know you teach people to forgive, but this is unforgivable. You ever heard that whisper? You can't let them off. And the enemy gets a stronghold in our lives. And then Paul goes on to say, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, slander, as well all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God, through Christ, has what you? Forgiven you. You can be seated. Why should I forgive? 
Number one, ready? Because of what resentment does to me. I want you to write this little thought down. Resentment poisons me. It poisons me. See, resentment always leads to anger, and anger always leads to bitterness. And it began, resentment in its ultimate state was a good thing. And Paul even says there's righteous anger. There's things that should make you angry. But giving it over to the Lord and holding on to it are two different things. That's what Paul's teaching. That righteous anger should be handed over to him. Sin should make us angry. Because of what resentment does to me. Here's what resentment does to you. And I want you to write this down. It stains you. Stains. You ever walk by something that said wet paint because if you're up against it, it's going to get it on your clothes? Do you know what bitterness is in the New Testament? It is literally the root of bitterness is a stain. It would stain people. It would leave a mark. You know what happens when we don't deal with this grudge we've held on to for so long and this hurt that we felt for so long, it stains and we damage everybody around us, whether we want to or not. We walk around and we just hurt people. You've watched it. It happens in families. It happens with kids and parents. It happens in marriages and friendships. It happens in offices. It happens on ball teams. Paul said, you got to get rid of all these things because from it flows some pretty bad stuff. Most of us, we, if we're parents, we want our kids to see us have an intimate walk with the Lord. If I've got this in my life, I cannot, I can have a walk with the Lord. Everybody look at me, but it cannot be an intimate walk with the Lord because I'm asking him to forgive me, but I'm not willing to do it this way. Does that make sense to everybody? So when Jesus died on the cross, whose sins did he die for? Whose? Whose? He didn't hold them against me. He took them. I forgive because of what resentment does to me. The poison I want to give them, I end up drinking myself. Number two, because of what forgiveness does in me. When I let go, there's a work that begins, Larry said it a few minutes ago, that new creation inside of us begins to come alive. Does it make this less real? Oh, no. But I'm just going to choose not to let it control me anymore. I'm going to let the Lord control me. Does that make sense to everybody? It's a big deal. Look at, look at the way Paul said it. He said, and I want you to become, there's a word in there, instead be kind to each other and tenderhearted. This makes me hard. When I give things over to the Holy Spirit, it makes me tender. 
Let me tell you something. You hold on to this long enough, medical people will tell you it will take time off your life. It's a po- it literally is a poison. Because of what resentment does to me, because of what forgiveness does in me, look at the last part, and because of what Jesus did for me. He forgave what he could have held against me. He did not hold me accountable. He forgave me. And it wasn't just one thing he had to forgive, it's lots. See, the crazy part about our lives is it's not just the one thing that happened to us. You're going to get dinged a few times, some small, some huge. But you pile them up, and, man, you, you carry them around. You don't ever let anybody too close to you because they feel it. I've sat with grown men in my office that are at the top of their career and there is something that happened to them in their past and they have not let go of it. And I'm gonna tell you something, it destroys everything around them. Like, why can't you get close to my kids? Because you got something you won't let go of. And sometimes they sat and looked me in the eye and just got up and walked out. You read all throughout the New Testament. Unforgiveness always causes more pain than anything else. Probably one of my favorite stories of Jesus is the story of the woman caught in the act of adultery. It's a great story. Here's a woman who is caught in the act of sinning. Not they heard. No, 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 no. Most people think it was a setup. They caught her. Never read the guy's name. We don't know anything about the guy. But they parade her out into the street. Most likely very little clothing on, which is just humiliating. And that was the goal. The goal was to humiliate her and then to kill her. And by law, they were justified in doing it. And they drag her out. And Jesus is there and the crowd gathered with stones to enact judgment on her. Jesus, the perfect one, made an interesting statement. He said, this is what is said, but let me ask you a question and make a statement. Let he who is without sin be the first to cast a stone. Scripture says in that encounter, he got down and he began to write in the ground. Nobody knows what he wrote. Some people have wondered, did he write the names of the people around the circle? Did he write down their sins? Nobody knows, but here's what we know from the oldest to the youngest. They dropped the rocks. 
and they walked away. And all that was left there is Jesus and the lady. Think about this. Everybody get this. Jesus said, let he who is without sin cast the first stone. There was only one left, and he was without sin. But he didn't cast a stone. Everybody look at me. He knew that in a little bit of time, he was going to be dying for her sin. And dying for yours too. Those people left there that day understanding forgiveness a little more than they did when they got there. For some of us today, we're going to leave this here. Today's your set free day. Today's your independence day. What has controlled you? We're going to leave it in this room. Would you pray with me? Father, I cannot imagine the stories behind the rocks in people's lives. The pain, the betrayal, the hurt, the abuse. God, it breaks my heart. God, you know every one of them. And you walk in a room like this and you come up to our chair. You look us in the eye like you looked that lady in the eyes, the only one that could cast a stone into our lives because you're the only one that was perfect and you forgave, you didn't throw. For some of us today, we have been controlled so long. Today's the first step of healing. You'd say today, Mike, I don't know who else today was for, but it was sure for me. I want to leave this here. If that's you here today, would you just slip your hand up? Nobody's looking, just me. Mm. God, I pray over these stories. I don't know them, but I pray over them. You know them. I pray you pull up a chair and you enter in with them. For some of us, we never knew that our sins were paid for. We didn't know that. We didn't know he forgave us. We just thought this was a story of a guy named Jesus. We didn't know that he could not hold that against us. He died for us so we could have life with him. If that's you here today, man, I'd love to introduce you to him. It goes like this, dear Lord Jesus, I need you. I believe you lived for me. I believe you died for me. And I believe you rose again just for me. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus, and be my personal Lord and Savior today. If you prayed that prayer with me today, welcome home. This is the start of a new beginning.
God, thanks for meeting with us. And thanks for loving us. And thanks for forgiving us. It's in Jesus' name that we pray.